Give us all a mind to surrender completely to you and want to serve you in the fullness and walk in your purpose and the purpose that you have for our lives individually. In the mighty name of Jesus, and God, as I get ready to minister to your people, God, move myself out the way. Move my thoughts out the way, God, and let me hear clearly what your spirit is speaking into my church, that I may edify the body, that I might exalt your name, God, and people may hear what the spirit is speaking. Be blessed by your word and have a heart to obey. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for all things. In Jesus' holy name. We give you praise. Amen. Amen. I, amen. I just thank God. I thank God for him being the head of my life. Amen. Being my life. Amen. I'm nothing without God. I don't know. How I feel like I cannot do nothing if I don't have God ruling and guiding me as my Savior, as my King. Because the, the way I try as a sinner, we're born into sin, shaped into iniquity from our mother's womb. So him bringing me out of that shows, it gives me a heart of gratitude to show me I no longer have to lower my life or the standards of my life to do the things that the enemy has tricked us into doing from day one because he is the ruler and the prince of the power of the air and we are in his domain on this earth but God yet and still rules on this earth. Still, the enemy will try to deceive us and make us do things that we feel like is right, but it's only pleasing to the flesh. And the outcome of the things that we do being born in sin, the end result is death. And if God told us in his word that if we make our bed in hell, he is there. So why not just do what's right, live for, the, for God himself, and stay humble and meek and serve and obey that way, if what if you go to hell, you still got to face God. Why not go to heaven where there's peace, love, joy, and we just rejoice in serving and obeying him at all times and in all areas of our lives. Amen. Amen. God just laid on my heart to encourage the people of God on today. And I say people of God because whether you're a saint or a sinner, we are all his people. We divide and, and make ourselves because we're confessing him to look down on the ones that are not. But we are all his people and all of us need to be encouraged. So I want to encourage the people of God on today. Amen. To take time out to think about the place that you are in. And I'm going to try to tie two people into what I'm about to say. Amen. I want to use Samson and David. Amen. Because the they had a purpose. God sustained them to have a purpose for his people. And we have a purpose on today. But we limit ourselves to walking in the fulfillment of our purpose based off the way we were raised or what we see before us and we doubt ourselves. I can, I'm saying this because I do the same thing. I have fear and doubt that of the sometimes God gives me a whole lot of things to be working on, to be doing, to enlighten myself, to help myself physically, spiritually, financially. But I doubt myself and, and fear. I let fear set in. But that's not the God we serve. The more we get in this word and the more we communicate with God and have that relationship with Him, He will sustain us and give us the strength and the heart to trust 
Whatever it is that he's trying to take us to, he'll bring us through it. And in him bringing her, us through it, he'll give us the strength to do it. Amen. Because that's the God that we serve. He is a good God. He is a mighty God. He is a wonderful God. He is a loving God. And he wants what's best for us. But we have to want the same thing. We have to desire those same things that he does for us. And that's a better life. A spiritual life. A, a meaningful life. A life that will give us an opportunity to one day walk in his presence and, and hear him say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. But we have to be faithful over the few first. We have to make sure that we are being obedient to the few first. Just like the people that he gave the talent, the one talent, the five and the ten. The one with the one talent didn't do anything. He just held it, hid it, and didn't do nothing. What are you doing with your talents on today? We have to put out our gifts that God has given us to work and stop burying them. And just holding off because of how we feel or think things are in this earth on today. Amen. And I'm going to try to start with David. Amen. David was a man that God had in the background. Some of us God have in the background. Until we see what it is in us and who it is in us that he's calling us to. He has us in the background. So you have the story of David where Sam... Samson, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, amen, just excited and want to be obedient to God, amen, but, amen, Saul, the first king that Israel asked for, and God told him, call Saul, Saul was king, and, and he felt like he was, his clan, his tribe was the lowest of the low, so God can't use me, but when he walked into that position, he forgot that he was the lowest of the lowest tribe. He forgot his position and the place that he was in and pride took over. He left humility because of the status that he had and pride took over and he started being disobedient. So God said, I got to find somebody else. I want somebody that's going to have a heart for me. And if you have a heart for God, you're going to obey regardless. And when people look at the situation with David, and David had many flaws. He had made many mistakes. But he was still God's chosen vessel. Not just to be the king, but he was the descendant for the king. Amen. Jesus came from him. Even after committing adultery, even after murdering, everything that David did, he was still the chosen tribe enough to, because his heart, even in his flaws, was still for God. He still wanted to obey God. If he messed up, he committed adultery. Slept with it. Had, it, had Uriah killed. Slept with Bathsheba. Had a child by and ended up marrying her. God killed that child. But David repented. Did he go back into that same area? No. He didn't commit adultery again because repentance means for you to allow God to change your mind. So God took that from his mind that he didn't continue to commit adultery. He asked for forgiveness. God did it. And he just went on. He made mistakes along the way even some more. But God still allowed Jesus to be a descendant of David. He was the chosen vessel. But, he, but from the beginning, God had him hid in the background. When, God, when Saul messed up, 
God spoke to Samuel and said, I'm going to send you down to Jesse's house. He got some children that I need you to look at because one of them is the one that I want. So Saul goes. I'm sorry, Samuel goes to Jesse's house. And he's looking at Jesse's sons and seeing the stature of his sons, how big and mighty and strong they look because of how Saul was. Saul stood out from the people of the, of the tribe of Benjamin. And because he saw, remember how Saul was, Samuel assumed that the next king would be, have been the same way, in the same county, in the same stature. But God said, no, no, it's not them. So in 1 Samuel 16 and 1 David, uh, uh, concerning David, and it said, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take in helper with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord, and call Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will shew thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons, and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shammah to come to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And again Jesse made seven of his sons to pass by before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen any of these. He hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? I'm looking at you telling me this all you got to offer God and he done rejected them. I know God said you had to, I'm, I'm sure he thinking to himself. Now I know God said Jesse got the, the next king and this all his children. What a, if this it and God saying no, what's going on? But you got David in the background. Not even amongst his brethren. He out doing what he out serving. Learning how to serve from the very beginning because he's serving the sheep, keeping them safe. And that's what, spiritually, that's what kind of place God want to take us to where we can have a heart to serve his people. Every not body is not blessed to just automatically come into salvation like that. It takes a work 
in of God to work in his people, to change our hearts, to change our minds, to let us see that it's a better life that we can have and live in this earth without aligning our lives with the things that the enemy tries to make us succumb to or trick us to do. And it's not necessarily a trick because we're, because we're born in sin, we do what we see. As a people, we are, we, we, have, we are raised to do what we see. I have a grand, two grandchildren, but the oldest one right now, two years old, he repeats and does everything that he sees. And my companion, my pastor, my, I thank God, I forgot to say that, I thank God for my pastor, my husband, amen, brother Derek McElder, amen. But I thank God for how he's saying we have to train him now, teach him the ways of God now, because the ways of sin is easy. He, see, he sees that easy. He, it's easy to follow because he's seeing everybody doing everything that's wrong. But somebody has to take the initiative to say, we got to train these children up right. Because we wanted something to be left in this earth that will still follow the standards of God, the standards of holiness and righteousness, and lift up the name of Jesus and let ne never let his name go down in this earth. So you have Jesse. You have David, out tending to the sheep, just minding his own business, not thinking about nothing that's going on out there in that world. They got the, the children of Israel staying into it with the Philistines. His brothers out fighting those battles. So that's probably why Samuel assumed, oh, these men are war and, and, and warriors, and they are strong. So they probably this is probably why God is calling them, one of them to be the king, but no. I'm going to go on a little further. Then Jesse called all of his sons, and, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. He said, and it's like, oh, he ain't doing nothing. He just out there keeping the sheep. But he was doing a great thing in the background. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send to fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come thither. And he sent and bought, brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and withal a, of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. You look, everybody, sometimes you can look on the outward appearance of how we look, how we present ourselves. And think, oh, they ain't nothing. They ain't. They just think down on a person because of how you see them in their appearance, but not looking at them. If you get to know that person, what kind of heart they might have, a heart to serve, a heart to give, a heart to love, of compassion. You, we don't never know what type of person somebody might be just looking at them outwardly. And, and Samuel probably would have never guessed it to be David. If, he, if David would have presented himself with his brothers, he automatically assumed because of the outward appearance of the brothers, it had to be one of them. But David was a little man, ruddy. And, and he was nice to look upon. And, uh, he, and he had a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And it was amazing how God just said, this is the one anoint him and when he pulled the oil it it pulled out on david and the lord
Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. <clears throat> so Samuel arose up and went to Ramah. His brother's probably saying, What? The oil that following us? What's going on around here with David? He, he just like to just stay in trouble or do whatever he want to do. That, and it's, this, it's just something. But we have to keep ourselves where we can walk in the purpose of God. Sometimes we're in the, in the background because he's working on us. He's building us up to the place that he's de desiring to take us into. We just have to obey. We just have to humble ourselves and say, whatever it takes, God, whatever I have to do to get to this place or making sure I'm being obedient to you, I want to get there. I want to do just what you said, said do what just what your spirit is speaking to my heart to do. So David was obedient. And, and just to continue on, because I'm just here to encourage you today. I will not be before you long. Amen. When David did what God said do, he became king. He put him in the place to serve Saul first. Training him up in the background. Allow him to see what it took to be a king from Saul's perspective. How Saul rules as a king. So Saul, he saw that Saul going to war. He saw Saul with his wives, his children, how he served in the kingdom. David saw all this. But he's still in the background, taking it in. Seeing what God, not knowing this is the place God is going to take you to. But he had a heart of obedience. He even put himself in the battle forefront to show these people, I serve God. Y'all scared to fight the Philistines and not trusting in the, in the God that gave us life, health, strength, and can destroy this Philistine? Let me kill him out. His brothers got jealous of that. What you doing here? Jesse sent him to give him bro his brothers their lunch or give them their food. And, and when he hearing Goliath speak and the people in fear, what? Y'all scared? Let me handle it. Because I know the God I serve. I know what God can do. And he told Goliath, you come to me with your shield and your helmet and your um, sword. I come to you in the name of God. Amen. And that is a blessing in itself. Amen. To know who you stand for. To know that you are standing on the word in the name of the Lord. And you it, it doesn't matter how the enemy come, how big he looks, how strong he may appear to be to you. God is, if you allow God to fight the battle, we you're victorious. Amen. And that's what David believed. I believe in the God that gave life. I believe that God, in the God that gives life. Not gave it because he yet gives it. I believe in the God that gives life. I believe in the God that covers me, that sustains me. And I know he'll fight my battle if I just trust and hold and keep my eyes focused on him. Looking unto the hills, knowing that he is my help. He wrote the Psalms. Amen. And the Psalms were, some were good because he messed up. And some were, were, um, were bad because he messed up. And some were good just giving God praise. But it was all him just giving the Psalms to God because of the place at each point in his life that he was in. David was a, became a mighty king. A mighty king in the earth. And it's something how even that's like I said, in his flaws. 
See, we'll look at people and say they messed up, they did this, that, and the third, and we'll want to hold them accountable forever for their flaws or the things that we think is wrong, but God is forgiven. And we have to have that same heart of forgiveness. David is that example. God used him in the earth. He was the lineage that Jesus came from. That's just how mighty and powerful that he allowed David to be in the earth because his heart was for God. Yes, I messed up. Yes, I fell short. But I still want to live for this God that gives me life. I still want, I'm, I'm repenting. I'm asking you to change my mind, God, from this so that I won't keep doing the same thing. I won't keep falling in the same area, falling short, doing the same thing over and over. Help me to see and do better in this area, and I still want to serve you. So if you forgive me and give me another chance, that's every time David messed up, he admitted that he messed up. He confessed that he what he fell short, but he trusted God to continue to bring him through it. So, amen, I'm I want to throw Samson in here as well. Amen, because we look at the book of Judges when Israel first won't, kept crying out to God and he kept sending judges. And you have Deborah and you have um, Gideon. You have all these different judges. And most of the judges that started out, the people would go to them with the issues. And the, the judges would be really sustained to lead the people into battle of whoever was around them that was giving them a hard time. God allowed that judge to be the one to lead them to overcome that situation and take out the enemy. But with Samson, it was a little different. Samson didn't have a whole entourage of people fighting with him. God used him in a different way. God used Samson to, first he lusted after women. That was his first flaw. But one thing we don't consider with Samson is if we we hear the story of his strength, but for in order to, if we realize that Samson had to be a little bitty man, because Delilah was confused about where his strength came from. If he was a big muscular man standing tall and firm and, and just had all all kind of muscles going on, she wouldn't have asked, "How you so strong?" Because she would have seen it and assumed, "Oh, this man's strong. We need to." do this, that, and the third to try to take him out. But she didn't know that God was working in him personally, giving him that strength to do his will, to do fulfill his purpose. That's how God allowed him to judge out, for, be the judge for Israel. The first woman he saw, his parents knowing, we don't mix ourselves with the Philistines, because that was one of the commands that God gave Abraham in the beginning. You don't marry outside of your own tribe. You stay within because this is my chosen people and we are not going to mix ourselves with other other people. But And his parents knew that. But and yet and still, Samson wanted who he wanted. So his first wife, he, he she, that, and that should have told Samson then when he picked his first wife and he did what he did and killed the lion in the, um, and when he went back, saw the honey, the, the bees had made a nest of honey in the, in the mouth. And as a Nazarite, he wasn't even supposed to touch the dead thing. 
but he ate the honey and gave some to his parents on his way to meet his wife and they discussed the marriage that with the Philistine woman that he wanted. He telling his dad, I want this one. I want them. So his daddy, we got to go set this thing up. I don't want it to be because it's not the way we're supposed to go. But if this is what you want, this is what you want. So he, they on their way and he, he, at the feast, the first feast, he done gave them a riddle. And they couldn't solve it. Seven days going into the feast. And, and his, his fiance just nagging him on. Tell me what? Tell me the riddle. You say you love me. Tell me the riddle. And because she kept continuing to nag him, you know, we know men sometimes, and we nag them too much, it's like, yo, just forget it. And they just give in. And that's what happened with Samson. Amen. Amen. She nagged him so until he just told her the riddle. But to spare her own family's life, she told the Philistines what the riddle was. So it made him mad. He's, and he told them, if you had not plowed with my helper, you wouldn't have never been able to solve the riddle. And that should have showed Samson, I can't trust this, these women. I'm just, but he's not thinking. His purpose is to walk before God, is to do God's will. So in Samson... When he killed, the, the same thing he was telling them, that if, if you can solve the riddle, then I'll give you so many foreskins or, and, and something else. I can't remember. But he was telling them, I'm going to go kill this and give you the this, this, um, cloth or whatever from this. So because she told him the riddle, he had to give it to them. He left her. Went on somewhere else. And in him doing that, his her daddy gave his wife to his best man. Like, what the world going on? Now, Samson probably feel like I'm going to just cool off because she done made me mad. And I, when he come back, she married. She with somebody else. That should have said, okay, I, I need to stay away from the Philistines. But his purpose was because God wanted to take them out. He had to continue in that way. He went into a prostitute. They set up trying to see how they can take him out. Okay, we're going to get him early in the morning. We're going to lay here at night and while he sleep, and we're going to rise early and take him out. But he arose at midnight. And in the midnight, he took some out with him, then took the two posts with him and just took some more out, of, out with him, then killed some more of the Philistines through that because that was his purpose. Later on, he met Delilah, and he loved Delilah. And she kept asking him, Samson, where is your strength coming from? And he telling her, oh, if you tie my locks with the webs and or weaving with a web, I won't have my strength. If you bind me with a flax, I won't have my strength. Just telling her all these things. And, and Samson should have seen that each time he told her something, she would test it and fail. He should have thought within himself, I can never tell her my true, where my true strength comes from. Because if I do, and she's attacking me through this, she might try to take me out. But his purpose was to, had to be fulfilled. He had to walk in it. So Samson just went on until she nagged him, and, and he couldn't take it again. He couldn't take it again. He went ahead and told her. I was born as a Nazarite. I cannot cut my, my hair has never been cut. 
So that lets you know he's not some big, tall, muscular, strong man that she's just looking at wondering why he's so strong. Because when we see somebody that's built with muscles, we think, oh, they're strong. They must, ain't no telling what they can live or what they can do. They might knock somebody out. Just looking at the outward appearance of how we see their stature. But in the end, it was not in his outward appearance. She, he told her, if you cut the locks from my head, my strength will leave me. And that's how God provided strength. And it would if, if he would have never told her. He ain't no telling how many more he would have took out. But it was a purpose behind it. Because once he, she had those locks cut, she tested it. And his strength was gone. And once his strength left, they took his eyes out where he couldn't see. And then they having this, a day came where they having this big festival. And he asked the little boy that was with him, can you just put my hand on the two posts? Show me where the two posts is. And he prayed and said, God, if you allow me to take out these Philistines, give me the strength one more time to do this. I, it's like, I'll appreciate it. They might have might feel like they got me because they're using me right here to make a fool of me. But let's show them that in the end, you still are victorious. It's still your will, and I'm still walking in your purpose. And the lad showed him what a post was. And the word says that Samuel took out more Philistines at that moment than he had in his entire life. He told the Lord, I'd be willing to die with the Philistines if you just allow me this one last opportunity. But his hair had begun to grow back. And God used that moment. It probably hadn't even grown as long as it was. I guess the Philistines didn't think about that. We got to keep his hair cut and we don't want the strength to come back. But it was God's purpose for Samson. It was his will. That's how he allowed him to judge, be the judge for Israel. To take out as many of the Philistines as he can. Just so Israel could have peace. And that's amazing. He wants us to have peace. He wants us to be at peace. And what we have to realize. This is something that he just revealed to me. Just I'm sometimes just going through and going through. And crying and asking God help me. Please I'm no, I can't take it. I'm, and he let me, and, and then it's looking like the enemy just attacking, just attacking. And God just told me, just like you have to come to me, the devil has to, the enemy, the devil got to go to God just like we do. He can't do nothing of his own free will. He might be the prince of the power of the air on this earth, but he cannot touch us unless God allows, allows it. Just like he went to God and said, God asked him. Have you considered my servant Job? And the devil said, how can I? You got a hedge around him. You covering him. God keeps us covered. It's the devil want to attack us, but he has to get permission from God to do so. And God will allow it just to, it's not to say he's not there or he's leaving or forsaking us. No. He knows our areas of weakness and where we need to be strengthened. And he will allow it to take place. Just to build us up if we allow that to take, if we allow God to do so. If we just go through whatever it is that we're facing that may feel hard, that may feel discouraging. If we just go through it, he, it's just to build us up. To increase our faith and our trust and our hope in God. 
That's all he's trying to do. Because we ne we we don't know sometimes our areas of weakness. We don't know just looking at our lives where we might be falling short at or what area we might be lacking. But he will allow a test of faith to come just to show us if you go through it. I'm with you. He suffered himself. He went through. And he will pray to God. And that's what we have to do when going through. And his prayer was, God, take this cup from me. But not my will. Thy will be done. He knew he had to fulfill his purpose in the earth. And that's what I want to close out with. Do you know your purpose? Do you know what God is calling you to in this earth? I can say God has given me a whole lot of things to do. But I, like I said earlier, I allow fear and doubt to make me think I can't do it. Our, the generations before us, our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, as our, our generation, our race, we were taught to survive in this, in this earth. That's what was put in us from the time we, we were this, brought to this land and and allowed to live over here. It was a survival mentality. Do what it takes to make it, to keep yourself. To And, and as time went on and, and things kind of got better, it was survive to keep a roof over your head, food on your table, to make sure your children are safe. That's the type of mentality we have and we were taught to have. But it's beyond just surviving. There's purpose in us. Once we give our lives to God, we just feel like if I just got to live right. But it goes beyond that. There's so much things God will have in you to where he can allow you to go to work for yourself. Start your own business. Start your own Whatever it may be, that you write your own book. It, it could be anything God is telling you to do, and you will doubt it just based off how you were raised and surviving. But you can survive with even better living for God and having a business and working for yourself. God is a mighty God. He's a powerful God, and his word tells us in his word, he tells us that we can eat the fruit of the land. But how are we going to get to eat it if we doubt? If we don't trust that God is the one that's providing and making a way for us to get the provisions to walk peacefully in this earth and have everything that we need as well as what we want. We have to trust God in the place that we're in and trust that his purpose is what matters for us. Do you know your purpose in this earth? Some God could be calling to be motivational speakers or to lead his people as leaders in the community, we don't never know until we take the step to walk in the fulfillment of what he's calling us to. And we have to seek that out through communication and just praying and staying in your word and talking to God. He going to respond, but we have to have an ear to listen. And not just always going on. Sometimes it's hard because your mind can just be running, running, running. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to go here. You got to go there. You got to go to work. You got to do this at the job. You got to do that at the job. You got to see about the children, the grandchildren. Your mind just all over the place. 
But when you humble yourself and quiet yourself and just say, God, I'm tired of doing this. I'm tired of going in the same route. Show me what it is that you will have for me to do. Speak to my spirit, God. Speak to my mind. Speak to my heart. And show me who I am as an humble servant to you that will walk in obedience to your will and your desires and the place that you are calling me to. Show me who I am. And in doing so, God will begin to speak. He'll begin to show you. Mine sometimes will come through dreams. Because my, my spirit is not completely quiet like that to just hear from God. I'm being honest. So sometimes he'll just give it to me through a dream. But I'm seeking to learn how to meditate. How to just humble and quiet my spirit so I can hear the voice of God. Because I don't want to be led astray. And I, want, I don't want to go the wrong way thinking it's God and it's me. Assuming that God said, and it's just an idea that I had. I want to be. I want to find myself rightly aligned with His word, His will, and His purpose for my life, and I want to walk in it completely and fully. Because He is a great God. He is a mighty and wonderful God, and I love serving Him. I love living for Jesus. Um, this is the best life I have ever had. Giving my life to God was the best decision I could have ever made. And I'm glad he called me. He chose me. And he has given me an opportunity to do what's right in this earth. We are promised in the word 70 years. That's the promise. But we, we can go beyond that promise if we just be obedient. You have people today living in their 80s, 90s, some 100s. Because of the way they live and their heart for God. He is yet sustaining them. And, and some people might feel like, well, I'm 80 years old. It's too late. I ain't got nothing. No, it's never too late. As long as God is allowing breath in your body to, for you to breathe in your lungs to receive air. And you are clothing in your right mind. And you know right from wrong. There's an opportunity for you to do what's right and walk in your purpose. Do you know what your purpose is on today? Do you know what the place that God is calling you to, to obey him and trust him and do his will? There's a people in the earth that needs a way out of the situations that they're in. You have people that are on drugs, homeless, or just in situations where they may feel stuck. God could be calling you to a place to help that person. But you have to go beyond your own thoughts and say, God, I'm willing. Show me the way. And trust that once he shows you the way, he will make provision for you to accomplish it. He'll make a way for you to do just what he is calling you to do. We have to trust God. Amen. We have to believe and trust in his word and have hope that if he's bringing me to it, again, if he is bringing me to it, God will bring me through it. So, amen, That's just I just want to encourage you on today. Seek God. Trust him. And most of all, obey him. Learn of his, your purpose in this earth. We all have one. We're not just here just to get up and go to work and go make a paycheck and pay bills and 
be around family members or friends and hang out and eat, drink. No, it's beyond that. It's greater than that. Seek for it. Ask God to open up your understanding and show you who you are. And when he shows it to you, ask him to give you the strength, the mind, and the willpower to trust what he's showing you. And that you will have a meek and humble heart to obey it. Not be like Saul and get proud and arrogant in the place that he's taking you to. But to always have a meek and humble spirit that just like God gave it to us, he can take it away from us. Saul is that example. He made him king, but it wasn't long because he messed it up. Disobedience. All disobedience and sin. And if we sin, we're falling short of the glory. We're falling short of his will for our lives. So let's hold on, people. Trust and do what's right in the earth and seek God to do better. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to close with that on today. I enjoy being in your presence. Amen. And you taking out time to fellowship with me in this moment. I'm grateful for you just taking out your time to say you just want to listen to little old me. Amen. I, I appreciate it. And I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for health. And I'm grateful for the love of God that he has for all of us. So be encouraged. I pray that God blesses you through this work week that we're going into. That he strengthens you and He just you allow him to speak to your spirit. You allow him to work in your heart and mind. And you just say whatever your will is. I say yes. I say yes, God. In Jesus' holy name, God, we give you the praise, honor, and the glory. And we thank you for your service and your just taking our time to speak to us on today and be in our presence. We're grateful for it on today. We just say, have your way, almighty, wonderful God that you are. As we seek to grow in you, trust you, and learn more of you, have your way in us and keep us a heart with a heart of humility, meekness, and love. And most of all, obedience. In Jesus' name, God bless you. We thank you. And the, our motto at the Resurrected Church is don't just take my word for it, but read the word of God for yourself. Amen. So as I minister today, I just gave you this small word of encouragement. Resurrected Church in Jesus' name.